Constellation. 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 Welcome to Inner Bloom, a podcast about spirituality and intuitive empowerment, where we help each other evolve and ascend through conscious community. I'm Alexa, a healer who utilizes EFT, also known as tapping, to help you process stuck emotions, release limiting beliefs, and reconnect with your inner child. I'm Ambrosia, a psychic medium and Arcturian channel, here to uplift and inspire you to see that you are capable of more than you know. Together, we empower people to live extraordinary lives. We do want to warn you, if you hang out with us long enough, you'll start to believe in yourself and realize that you're capable of anything. Enjoy Enjoy the the show. Hello, hello. Welcome back once again to Inner Bloom Podcast. I'm Alexa. I'm Ambrosia. Hello. And we are joined today by a new friend, Mo Brissett, keynote speaker on fear and stress, as well as a mindset coach who works with men to help them rediscover what it means to be an alpha male. Hi, Mo. Welcome to the show. Hello, ladies. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Thank you for being here. It's really cool because we met you on Clubhouse. You just like popped into a room we were doing, you dropped some knowledge, and then you just like popped out. And we were like, wait, wait, come on our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That's what I like to do. Just kind of jump up and go, all right, bye. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Leave them wanting more always. Um, Yeah. Well, we, I was just telling Mo Ambie offline, I was like, you know, it's really good we're having you on because like our male audience is starting to grow and we need a little more like masculine energy up in here. So (laughs) very, very excited to have you here. And, uh, you know, with anyone new who comes on the show, we really, we really love to just start with their story and love Mm -hmm. to know how you got to be doing what you're doing now. So would love if you could share whatever feels relevant to that. Yeah. So my background is in exercise science and holistic nutrition. So I've been in the health and fitness industry for just over 25 years now and really started strength coaching out of college, in college. And then out of college, you worked with athletes, professionals, Olympians, and then everyday people to help them just reach their goals. Along the way, discovered there was a deeper connection that I was something that was missing in helping people. So dove into holistic nutrition and integrative medicine and really focused on that route along with what I was doing in my coaching and endurance sports. Um, did that pretty solid for, um, I still do that, still practice that until about 2017. And um, I, I started working with adaptive athletes in that process. So we have a foundation here in Dallas called Adaptive Training Foundation. We work with critically wounded veterans and civilians that have suffered from pretty traumatic injuries. Some have been you're blown up by IEDs. Um, amputation, spinal cord injuries, Parkinson's, stroke, and trauma. And um, we were working with our athletes. And what we do is we offer, we do a nine-week training cycle. And then at the end of that nine weeks, we take them on a really cool trip to help them rediscover, you know, who they are with these newfound abilities. And there was no mindset part of this, but we came back from one of our trips and one of our veterans was he had already had a, he, him and his wife were having kind of a rocky relationship and he'd already tried to take his life three times. And he called our founder and was like, Hey man, I can't do this anymore. I'm out and racked around in this pistol on, on the phone. And my buddy, David, who's our founder is like, Oh hell rushed over to get him, took him, got him into a treatment facility. And then 
from that event, two of our other veterans that were Marines said, hey, look, we're not good either. And we came together as a unit and staff and said, hey, we need to do something about this. And I had been studying Dr. Joe Dispenza, Deepak Chopra, just because of my holistic nutrition and integrative medicine studies, I was starting to dive into the mindset piece of it because I'm also an endurance athlete. Um, I've raced 100-mile mountain bike races, 50-mile ultras, 30-hour adventure races. I've raced for Ironman. I, do, I like to put myself in very challenging situations where the only thing that really gets me through is my mind. So I know the power of mindset. So from that event, we said, hey, we got to do something about this because we're doing really great things inside of the space. But once they go back into life, we're missing a, the biggest picture. So we created the mindset side of what we do in, at our foundation. And honestly, uh, we, we, I kind of look back and laugh about it now because it started out with me coming in and, and playing Les Brown and, and uh, TD Jakes on YouTube and like getting in, you know, doing some inspirational stuff and, and breathing. And I thought, okay, <laughs> we got to do this a little bit better. So I, I did a 200-hour meditation teacher training, did uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza's online program. Um, I studied uh, positive psychology, studying neuroscience, and, uh, and all of that for the last five years. So now I do that still with our foundation. My role is to teach these athletes how to not overcome or defeat fear and stress, but to use fear and stress as really the tool to get them where they want to go um, and using the power of breath, using the power of affirming positive language to redirect the way they think about themselves. Um, and from that, I also do that in the corporate sector. So I talk to companies, corporations, teams on that exact same thing. Let me show you how to use fear. Let me show you how to use the stress and anxiety to help get you and elevate you to where you want to go as individuals and as a team. So um, that's, yeah, that's, that's who I am and what I do and, and kind of, and how I got there. That's really fascinating. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. How I can imagine that you see a lot of different trauma and a lot of different um, people dealing with that in all areas of life, but how, what is one way that you could give our audience of to deal with or to really embrace the pain and use that to their benefit? You know, there's something that we say, and it's that pain is inevitable. The suffering is optional. So when, when I work with, and look, whether I'm working with a veteran, a civilian with amputation, spinal cord injury, or one of you ladies, I'm going to tell you the exact same thing. And I tell people this very early on. No one can make you mad. No one can make you sad. No one can hurt your feelings. That is your choice. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't like to hear that. But that's the facts. What I tell people is, listen, here's the deal. There's a situation that happens to you, and then there are two options. Option A is you can choose to use that and surrender to it and just let it be what it is and understand that you might not have the answer right now, but something, a growth potential is going to come from that. Mm -hmm. Or you can choose to suffer and let that event define you. Mm -hmm. So we always focus on choosing option A. And, you know, it's like pain is it's going to happen and it's a, it's a natural emotion. You know, we we're we're supposed to be afraid. We're supposed to feel um, anxiety and stress and sadness. But the problem is, we've been conditioned to think that when we feel those emotions, something is wrong with us. You know, especially as men, Don't, we're not afraid. We can't cry. We can't express emotion. Bullshit. We're supposed to. You know, that's where the true strength lies. When you have a man that can cry, 
in front of you and look at you and be like, I need help. Mm-hmm. That's the sign of a man, yeah. a man who knows what he's doing and a, and a woman as well. Cause you know, it's, it's, it's symbiotic. We all do the same thing, but help people understand that you're going to experience pain and understand that you don't have to have the answers in that moment. In fact, don't look for the answers in that moment. What you do is you say, okay, what can I do right now in this space? I can breathe. That is the first thing we always do. I can control my breath, which I know if I breathe in through my nose, out through my mouth or nose, and do that for a few breaths, that's going to put me into an alpha brainwave state, which is in a calm, meditative type, trance-like state. That will calm my body down, stimulate my parasympathetic nervous system. I'm talking to myself as I'm doing these things. And then I know, what can I do right now? What is the next step? And I'm going to do that thing. That's it. And then I'm going to do the next thing and then the next. And that's how we start to move beyond the discomfort and the pain and not allow the suffering to take hold. Mm. Love it. I was going to ask, like, what are some things, because I think this is actually what you came on and were sharing about, because we were talking about, I think at the time we were talking about on Clubhouse, um, you know, the capability of human beings, right? And the capability of the body to heal and, and yeah. all of that. And you came on and we're talking about how the mindset is such an important part of that. What are some of the things that you've been able to witness happen that maybe people thought would never happen or some of the success stories, you know? Oh my God. I mean, how much time do we have? Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, so I'm going to, I'm going to give you a couple examples. Okay. One is one I just mentioned to a group of our athletes this morning is a man that came through our program. He was 61 years old with severe Parkinson's. He had Parkinson's to the point where it took him about five minutes to say his name and what happened to him. And on day one, he walks, we, we try to see what he can do. And he walks about 12 feet and collapses. It took him almost three minutes to walk that 12 feet because of the tremors he was experiencing. Well, working with him and working with him on mindset, this man was a, a former South African special forces operator. And he was also a sniper. So he had uncontrollable tremors, right? And it, was usually, it, it, and it displayed in his right hand. But the second he grabbed a weapon to go shoot at the range, he was smooth. And he could put at 250 yards, he could do a grouping the size of a silver dollar. But his hands are trembling like this. So I was like, wait, what? So there's a correlation here. So when he's thinking about what he used to be able to do, the brain remembers that. And then the body responds. So literally Parkinson's would go away. So we were working with him one day. He he was having a massive attack. He he couldn't get off the floor. We helped him up, got him outside, and was calming, calming him down. And... He, I got him to where he could stand up and he had a wooden dowel to help him stand. And he, he stands and I'm talking him through some breath, just what I talked to you girls, ladies, about like the breathing. And then he grabs a stick and starts moving it over and back of his head. So Mike, what are you doing? He said, well, I used to paraglide. And this is what I would do before I would jump off the cliff in South Africa because you have about five seconds. And if you got, don't get it right, it's game over. So he starts doing this and it's tremoring. And then the tremors start to go away. And then he stops, puts a stick down, and we have a big tire, a 250-pound tire out back. He walks over and flips it over. I was like, damn, good job, Mike. And then he walks over, flips it over again, walks around, and he does that four more times, and then just looks at me and winks. And was like, <laughs> wow. what? what just happened here? So literally Parkinson's disappeared in you. So we were able to, to track that and understand that his once he stopped trying to fight Parkinson's and accept and surrender to it, 
-hmm. go into his breath and then take his mind into something he used to do before that disease, literally it would stop. So I've got a video of him in a, in a Parkinson's tremor and I'm talking to him and breathing his hands trimming. And then at the 42 second mark, it just stops. Wow. So you know, that's one example. Um, yeah. We have, we have athletes that come through that have spinal cord injuries where, you know, doctors say you have a complete spinal cord injury, which we've also found out that there's actually really no such thing as a complete spinal cord injury. Um, mm -hmm. They're moving their limbs again. Some are actually walking, some are running, some are not using wheelchairs, canes, or crutches any longer. So those are just some of the examples that we, we work with. Um, you know, I've got a young lady I work with that she's not an adaptive athlete. She is a triathlete and she came to me because she was getting, she wanted to do an Ironman and she was, she did a half Ironman, but she started to get really anxious on the bike portion and started to, to purge, throw up a lot mm. because of the anxiety of what was going on around her. So through some conversation, we backtracked and discovered that when she was 14, she was really stressed out about her body image. So she became bulimic. Mm. So I said, hold on. So we correlated that at 14 years old, her, she programmed her brain to when she got stressed, she would purge. Mm. So now as a 28 year old athlete, endurance athlete, when she became stressed, she would purge. And that's what was happening. So you know, in, in neuroscience and in the way I, I, I teach and coach, we're literally creating new neural pathways to reprogram literally how the brain sees and, and, and attaches itself to events. Mm -hmm. So with Chelsea, this girl, um, I wrote about her in my book that's going to be coming out some point this year. <laughs> um, she were, we were able to take her in six months from barely being able to complete a workout without throwing up to finishing her first Ironman in spectacular fashion and having the best time ever to the point where the volunteers in the marathon were like, how are you so damn happy right now? <laughs> and she was like, I don't know. That's just what I do. So um, those are, those are just a few of the examples, but we, I mean, th these are the things I see on a daily basis, honestly. Um, and it's funny because we have conversations that our foundation as a staff on occasion where we're like, we have to be careful not to get desensitized to this mm -hmm. because it's literally to the point where someone will start to walk again. We're like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's, it's a big yeah. deal. Yeah. It's a very big deal. Yeah. And, but, but we, we, we know it's possible. Like, I know you can do this yeah. once you reframe your language and your thought process. Mm -hmm. And once you do that, the only limits that you're bound to are the ones that you put on yourself. Mm -hmm. And we also tell people, and I, you know, I tell everyone I work with, like, I'm not going to fix you. I'm not going to cure you. I'm not going to save you. I'm simply going to give you the tools to do it yourself. That's it. Because it's already in you. you know, everything you want and desire is inside of you already. It's up to you to, to see that and make it happen. Mm, love it. And everyone it's on really Facebook powerful. is loving it too. Um, Justine said, so powerful and true. Kivana said, love this topic, love facing fears. This is why I fought in the cage and entered a bodybuilding competition to crush fears. Tara said, um, I've always wondered why breath work works. It makes sense that it puts your brain in a different state. Um, yeah. And I wanted to ask you too, because I, I've been really with my clients, been really diving into visualization more than ever before. I, I think visualization is like one of the most underutilized tools we have besides breath work mm -hmm. as well. <laughs> um, but yeah. but I, I've heard several times that like it's been scientifically proven that your body cannot tell the difference between what your, your mind see, what you imagine and what you're actually seeing and experiencing. Is that 
the case? I feel like you would know. That is that is absolutely that is factual. That's what I tell. That's one of the first things I teach people is that, and the the way that I teach is is scientifically based, because you know this is it like. I don't care what you think, believe, or theorize. This is factual. This is physiology. And this is how our brain works. And that's why I tell people, like, look, I can hold this cup in my hand and I can feel it. I can feel the ridges and the rubber part and the heat from the coffee inside and the difference in the lid. Or I can just sit here, put my hands down and imagine that exact same thing. My brain literally thinks I'm holding that cup of coffee in my hand. So whether your goal is to to walk again, to get in the cage, to do something extraordinary, to have a conversation with someone. You, once you visualize it and you see it as if it's actually happening and you visualize, what am I wearing? What am, where am I standing? Who's around me? Every detail of that situation, your brain is creating a picture in it. And if it's physical, your body will start to create the neural firing patterns for that thing to happen while you're sitting still. So mm-hmm. it, that's been, that's one of the, 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 the biggest advantages that athletes have is their visualization, not just their physical prowess. You know, if you watch super G, that's one of my favorite examples. If watch the super G in the winter Olympics or just winter sports, and you see them in the back, you know, going through the motions with their eyes closed because it happens so fast. They don't have time to think and react. They just have to respond. And it's just like fighting. Um, I mean, I grew up in martial arts. I did it for, for 30 plus years. And it's the same thing. I don't have time to think about what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. It's literally just a reaction because of what I've done. I see things in my mind beforehand. I practice them. So then my body just responds accordingly. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. How do you deprogram someone or I guess rewrite the program of someone that's been um, told that they couldn't do it? They've been whether it's physical or whether it's emotional from their parents or where they've grown up, how do you switch that in someone? A lot of it is, is language reframing. So number one, you have to tap into the breath because again, when you're breathing shallow and if you're not focusing on breath, if you're not in that, that alpha brainwave state, your, your brain and body really can't learn, repair and reprogram. So first is breath. And then you become aware of your language. You become aware of the way you're speaking to yourself. And if you're speaking in, I can't. Mm-hmm. So if it's, you know, I, I, I can't do this yet. Even if it's positive, you're saying, yeah. well, I can't, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, but I can't do it yet. That visualization that we just talked about, my brain sees me not being able to do it yet. Mm-hmm. So you catch yourself. And just like what I talked about earlier, what can I do right now? And mm-hmm. then do that thing. And then recognizing that it's going to take some time for you to reprogram that thought pattern. But the more you do it, the easier it gets and and it becomes. And you start with small little victories, not trying to aim for your biggest goal, but find something very small that you can reprogram and learn how to do better in using affirming language. Mm -hmm. So you eliminate can'ts, won'ts, shouldn'ts, couldn'ts, and buts, because but is the biggest negation on the planet. (laughs) so yeah I was doing great but mm, Mm -hmm. then it just so that's that's how I I start that programming process is breath and then start with language like practice affirmations totally I I'm curious um how (laughs) because okay so there's people like I'm sure that the people that you work with are people that are like okay I'm in this shitty situation or I had the shitty thing happen to me or whatever, but I want to move forward. I want to heal this. I want to walk again. I want to do all these things. And 
you know, there's, <laughs> I feel like in the world of like positive thinking and, and mindset stuff, there are always kind of going to be people who, whether they're just, maybe they're just very negatively oriented or they actually are in like a really shitty, something terrible just happened to them. Something terrible just happened to them. And they might be like, how can you be talking about, you know, that it's just positive mentality or it's just a positive mind shift. Like those people, how, what is your response to those people where maybe something really terrible has just happened? Like, how do you respond to that? Yeah. I don't want you to be positive right there in that moment. I want you to be in it. I want you to feel that pain and discomfort. You know, like everybody. And when I speak, one of the questions I ask is who has ever survived the very worst things ever happened to them? Everybody, you know, yeah. like I, I don't expect it to be always be bluebirds and rainbows. You know, it's going to be tough. It's going to suck sometimes. How long it sucks is up to you. You know, and that's where, that's where the, the emotion comes in. Man, I, and I practice, I have to practice this as well. You know, I, when I get mad, when I get whatever, I have to allow myself to have that emotion and just get pissed and go beat the living shit out of a heavy bag or something and get it out. Because when I don't, and I'm thinking, oh, just be positive mode. That's bullshit. I'm suppressing an emotion, you know, and you have to be able to get that out. So you, when you're going, if it's a, if it's divorce, if it's a death, if it's a breakup, something like that. Yeah. That shit's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. And understand that it is temporal. It's it's going to it's going to end. Everything is going to come to an end. In the moment, we don't think so, and it's sometimes really hard. But the more you practice it, you understand that you know, like this is this is going to stop at some point. Right now, this is just the emotion I'm 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 sitting with. This sucks, but I know I'm going to be stronger on the other side of it. That's it. Yeah, you know I mean, look, I, I, I got, I was, uh, I got divorced last year, and it was a tough process. But we were able to do this in a very kind way. We owned our shit. Each one of us owned our responsibility in it. We had a lot of conversations around it, um, and it was very, very hard to do. But because of the way we were able to just sit in it and let it be, we were, we're better now than we were when we were married. Mm. You know, and it's, it's, it's amazing. Um, one of my sisters just passed away right before Christmas. So I'm dealing with, with that, not being able to tell her because of her mental state, dealing with my mother and my other sister and some other stuff going on. I'm like, Oh my God. And I was in the parking lot at whole foods driving and I went to, I was going to the store and I literally just stopped and just started bawling. And I was walking, then I was, I was, it was Christmas time. So I'm trying to Christmas shop at the same time. Like what the is going on here? And I'm walking through the parking lot and this. I see these, these girls and she looks at me. She's like, I like your shirt or something like that. And I literally almost just stopped and said, can you please just hold me for five minutes? Mm-hmm. I didn't. I wish I would have. But I'm like, this is like this fucking sucks right now. Yeah. And there's nothing. I mean, I'm, I'm walking through Target, just bawling my eyes out. And that's not what I do. But if I would not have allowed myself to express that emotion and be human, that is what that's what causes disease. Mm-hmm. holding on to those things. So yeah, man, if you're going through some shit, go through it. If you need some help, call me, I will help you go through it. Um, but yeah, it's, and that's a, that's something I want. I'm glad you asked that question because it's something that, that we understand as well, you know, especially working with the veteran population, like these guys and girls are going, they've seen a lot, they've done a lot and you just can't flip the switch. 
So, you know, being real with here's my, here's my stuff. I'm human. I go through these things too. I might not understand it at your level, but I get pain. Thank you for sharing that. And so sorry for your loss, but thank you for sharing that because I think it's really, really, really important. And I think we've talked about this quite a bit on this podcast, you know, because this is predominantly a spiritual podcast and we've talked a lot about, you know, spiritual bypassing and Mm -hmm. I'm sure you, you know all about that. Um, but it's really important, and I think it's really powerful to hear, especially like you talked about in the beginning, like a man talking about this and really embracing their emotions and saying, you know, and sharing when they need help or when they need support, because that is that is such a thing that, um, you know, I, I work with, um, I do emotional freedom technique, which is like a, a mm-hmm. type of alternative therapy, and uh, yeah, I, I, the men that I've worked with, it's been, it's been predominantly pretty hard for them to kind of relax and express. And so what would you say um, to maybe any any man who's like listening to this right now and they're like, and they feel trapped in their emotions, like, or they feel like it's unsafe to emote? Uh, number one, nothing's wrong with you. Nothing's wrong with you. This is normal. Um, number two, find somebody you can, you can trust and realize that it is going to be uncomfortable as hell when you first start. But the more you do it, the easier it gets. If you need to find another dude, again, if you need to call me, be more than happy to walk you through it. If you need to find anyone, if it's your wife, it's your friend, it doesn't matter, just another human to get the emotions out. One of the things that helps a lot as well, what I have my guys do that I work with um, is I have them just start journaling and with no other purpose, but just to write your shit out. Because just like we were talking about earlier, when I think about it, my body creates it. If I think about it, then I pick this up and I put it down here. It's releasing from my body. We all know we're I'm like in the spiritual realm. You understand energy transfer and flow. So if I'm creating energy here, then I'm letting it come out of my body from this pen to this paper. I'm getting it out. So I'm going to go into that with that intention. That's what I talk to my veterans is about. Like, I don't give a shit if you fix it right now. That's not the goal. I want you to get it out of your head. So get it out of your head with the intention of just letting it go. If you want to burn that damn book when you're done, burn it but get it out. And it's, it's huge. That's the, that's a big thing. Just write it out. We can't, we're like, we need to, we need to push it down in here somewhere. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's big. What do you, what do you consider an alpha male? What I consider an alpha male is someone that is number one, they're focused on themselves first, because I've got to fill my cup up before I can fill yours up in anyone and be the protector that I need to be and the responsible person. So that starts with the breath to get you in that alpha state. It's kind of a coincidence. Nice. Um, <laughs> when I was coming up with this, I was like, Hmm, I'm going to yeah. use that. But it's, it's, it's working with breath. It's, it's being vulnerable. It's decluttering your space, decluttering your mind, decluttering things around you, having conversations with yourself, so upgrading your self-talk, stop being your own worst critic and become your best self-advocate. So stop talking bad about yourself. If you have a spouse or a girlfriend or a partner, you need to love them better. How can you improve your communication with that person, with your children? Handwrite them a letter, letting them know how much you care about them, and how much they mean to you and be genuine about it. Be vulnerable, hold them, cry, tell them you need help. You know, it, as it, it, in, in, the, in the definition of tribe, 
the sum works for the, the every part works for the sum of the whole. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be strong, but I'm also going to need, I'm, I need strength. So an alpha male knows when he needs help. He knows when to be humble and he knows when to be assertive. Mm-hmm. Um, he knows how to protect. So I am ready for any emergency situation that could possibly happen. You know, if my house caught on fire right now, I know where all my stuff is. I can grab it and go. I know there's a plan. If someone comes in my house, if it catches on fire with all this stuff going on in Dallas right now, you know, I'm ready for any situation. You know, I'm physically prepared. I have the endurance. I have mobility. I have strength and power to take care of myself and to take care of the people around me. And I practice and an alpha male practices situational awareness, meaning we're not we're not that that big dude that's walking around like all ready to get after it. We're the, we're the, we're the warrior in the garden. You never know that we're ready to do what we need to do. You know, I'm always prepared. It's situational awareness and it's teaching myself, my brothers and the the people around me, my, 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 my girlfriend, my sisters. Hey, listen, when you walk your car, what are you thinking about? Are you on your phone? Where are your keys? I need you to be prepared. So it's teaching other people how to be ready. Mm -hmm. So that's what an alpha is. It's not, it's not this overbearing dominant bro. It's literally, it's the warrior in the garden. You never know. I'm ready for anything. And I'm also, I can communicate. I can express my feelings. I can cry and I can, I can teach other people that it's okay to do the same thing. Cause that's what this is all about. You know, it's not about me. An alpha male understands these principles. He lives these principles and then he understands his roles to teach these same principles mm-hmm. in a humble kind manner. Beautifully said. Yeah. I also, I also feel like part of what we were sharing there is like it's it's about like the, the strength, but also knowing that there's strength in that softness too, and being able to mm-hmm. be soft when you need to. Um, yeah. And presence, presence is it sounds huge. So, absolutely. What, I'd love to know what's your favorite thing about what you do. Hmm. God. If there's only one, it's hard. My favorite thing is when people realize what they're capable of and then they actually do it. When they see, like when someone takes their first step, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's magical. Or when someone realizes that they can overcome this trauma that's held them back for years, decades, it's that. You know, working with with men that, that, that don't, you know, don't remember before this age of 10 because trauma was so bad walking with them through that process, going through a spiritual journey with them and helping them heal through that to understand that that was actually their best teacher and it was there to serve them. And then seeing the look in their eyes when they accept it. And then this, the strength of the hug that's given afterwards is, is, is really incomparable. So that's more than one, but that's (laughs) (laughs) good answer. Good answer. I really like that question and that answer. Thank you for sharing in that. And yeah. I think, you know, I mean, Ambie and I can re- relate to that a bit. I know like we both, that's our favorite thing about anything that we do is just watching somebody shift and watching somebody realize there's more and there's more to them and there's more to, and there's more possibility than they thought. And it sounds like what you're doing, Mo, is just, I was just getting this vision as you were sharing about it. I was like, oh, wow, this is so important. Like, this is so important right now for people like you to be there serving the men, you know, for someone Mm -hmm. to be there for them because there has been this idea that they've had to be, you know, the men have had to be so strong, like that that image you were giving before, like too strong, never can be soft. 
and and it's making men sick and it's making men, you know, and it's like you're talking about the disease, the dis-ease. And so I was just real, I was just getting this vision and this feeling of how like what you're doing is so impactful and it's rippling out in ways you, you can't even fathom. And it's so exciting that this work is being done on the planet right now. And it's mm-hmm. like, just imagine like five years from now or two years yeah. from now. Um, so thank you for doing what you're doing. Um, I have another question. Oh yeah, go, go, go. You got the good ones. (laughs) I have good questions today. Yeah. Um, How important do you think movement or, or um, exercise is for the mind in relation to what you're teaching men? It's absolutely critical. I mean, that's where, you know, cause I've seen uh, men specifically that they've done, they've done great jobs in business and making themselves financially sound and secure. But you know, if, if, if something happened and they need to take care of themselves, they can't. And when I see that inability of for, of, of for them to move, I start to see a chink in the arm and I see self-confidence start to go down. And then I see them start to try to mask it somewhere else. So look, your ability to move, I mean, just to age better. If you've got, if you have a family, if you have children, you need to be able to get down on the ground and wrestle with your kids, your grandkids, be able to do something and not have to pop, you know, a thousand milligrams of ibuprofen the next day to move. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to, we, we have evolved as humans to move continuously. That's what we do. We migrate, we move, we lift, we hunt, we gather, we bend. It's, it's, it's our immobility that is also causes us to age and causing sickness, illness, and disease. Mm-hmm. And I don't care if you ever you know, run an Ironman or you know, deadlift 500 pounds, but you need to be able to squat down to the ground and stand back up without pain. That's mm-hmm. just a basic function of life. So it's it's imperative for men to be able to do that because it gives you energy. You know, if I, if I stay, the more I stand like this because I'm sitting all day, like this, it, this is an energy suck. If I stand tall, my shoulders are back just naturally. My chin is back. My spine is in a neutral position. I'm going to be more energetic through the day. If my core is stronger, I'm going to stand taller. This brings, this psychologically releases more serotonin versus mm-hmm. this. So now I feel more confident just by doing this. So yeah. movement is imperative and you, you don't have to go spend two hours at the gym. You don't have to do all that stuff. What I do in my men's Academy that I run is I, I teach them how to do, to lift odd things. We use sandbags. We use buckets. We use rocks. We use rucks. We use all these different things. But look, this is how we moved. This yeah. is how we've evolved to move. You can be really strong and functional and you know, not not have to go to a gym and do things like that. So the the movement is a very critical piece to that puzzle because it, it's just it's going to help you prevent injury. It's going to give you more energy. You're going to sleep better. You're going to move better, and you're going to feel better. And if you feel better, you're going to act and perform better in all aspects of life. Hmm. Love that. Also, a couple of comments from Facebook. Kelly Belair said, "Emotion, energy in motion. It's got to move too." Um, And then Alyssa Merritt said, being open and telling people about traumas I've dealt with is my own personal hell. But the message of doing exactly that and spilling my guts keeps coming up over and over again over the past week. Listening to this is helping me grow the balls to just do it because it'll be more healing (laughs) than I realize. You want to comment on that? 100%. (laughs) Yes, I do. Kelly, keep doing that. It's going to get easier. And, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I start to tell a story and I'll start to cry in the middle of telling a story. And 
I can stop myself. I need to, but yeah, it's, it's part, listen, that, especially if you are trying to help people, that is what people are going to see. They're going to relate to you better because they're going to see you as human and that you have shit too. You know, we do, when we go through our process with our, with our athletes, we do a thing called a root meeting where we sit down one night and we talk about, Hey, what's the reason behind the reason? Like, why do you grab this bottle every mm. night? What's going on? What trauma are you hiding from? And then we share our stories. I share some deep stories about myself, about my past and some traumas. And almost every time at the end, they're like, wow, you know, we, we, we see you, you guys, and you have all your limbs. You look really put together, but you're broke as hell too. I'm like, yeah, dude, mm-hmm. we're broke. We're broken individuals. That's why we can know to help you. So we're not perfect. We just walk through this with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and listen, and this is for anyone. If you're trying to help someone, you need to be real. I want to walk through the fire with somebody that understands and isn't trying to be perfect. I want to walk through, I want to walk through with a broken ass human that knows on the other side, there's a better way or there's a, there's a better, there's light. Mm-hmm. Thanks for sharing that because I think that is one thing that definitely gets in people's uh, way. Oh, <laughs> Kivana just commented. I think Kivana thinks you're attractive. Uh, she just wrote a, wrote a comment. She said, divorce? I'm sorry. So you're saying there's a chance? Wink. Um, <laughs> um, but um, but whatever. All kinds of offers today. I forgot All my pies. last comment. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, on that note, let's move into how can people connect with you more if they want to? Or how can they yes. work with you? So, um, um well i'm on instagram my my handle is hunt underscore prosper and just to clarify it's nothing to do with hunting i'm a tactical athlete so you will see me shooting weapons but it's about hunt and prosper whatever you want you got to get up and you got to go get it you got to hunt for it whatever your goal is you've got to get up and go get the hell after it so that's why it's called hunt and prosper i like to just just make sure that that. make that distinction thank you yes um so I'm on Instagram there. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, not really a lot, but LinkedIn, my full name, Morris Brosette, Facebook, Morris Brosette. Um, my website is hunt-prosper.com. Um, I can't hunt and prosper. The ampersand is taken and they want a ridiculous amount of money for it. I'm just not going to do that. Okay. <laughs> so, but that's how you can find me. Um, I have, I work with individuals on working with fear, working with stress, overcoming those limiting beliefs. Um, I, as I said, work with men in a 90 day mastermind Academy called the new alpha. And then I also have an online eight week program that I've created. That's on my website that, um, that takes you through that fear and stress process. You just follow it step-by-step and it's a daily program that you just follow with prompts, with videos, with journaling that can, that will help you and give you the tools to utilize fear and start to reprogram those thoughts that we were talking about earlier. But yeah, that's how you can find me and get a hold of me. All my contact information is on my website as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. And hopefully you can send me um, the links. I'm sorry. There's just like a lot of like somewhat inappropriate comments coming. Oh my goodness. This is why people <laughs> sorry. need to tune in on Facebook. They're not totally inappropriate. They're Facebook. very complimentary of you. Justine wants to know if um, she's like, can Justine, we watch? Oh, she goodness. said, can we watch you punch the bag? <laughs> Yes, Justine, I would do that for you. <laughs> awesome. And then uh, Kelly said, well, he's- Well, now a- I've got to follow you on Instagram to see if that happens. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. I'm joking. <laughs> um, 
Kelly said, he's a gorgeous man. Nothing wrong with a little eye candy to keep us motivated. Uh, muscle emoji. I'm so sorry if this is making you uncomfortable. I hope you... No, res- not at all. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm so... I told I, you we don't, we don't have a lot of men around here a lot. A lot so everybody's on, so like, ah! We get real excited <laughs> when men come on. Perfect. Um, <laughs> awesome. Everyone's saying, you know, they'll follow you, all the things. And um, Mo, you'll send me your li- send me those links and stuff after we get offline. I'll make mm-hmm. sure to include them in the show notes of this audio episode so you guys can just go to the show notes, click away. And, uh, and yeah, thank you so much, Mo, for coming on. This was so awesome and refreshing. You're awesome. So happy you dropped into our clubhouse room that day. It was yeah, great. Yeah, thank you so much. And as – as nice looking you are, you are an amazing human being on the inside. So thank yeah. you for sharing that part too. Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for watching and for commenting on Facebook <laughs> and uh, everyone for listening as well. We love you so much. And until next time, keep on blooming. Bye. Bye, everybody. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we would love, love, love it if you would give us a rating and review on Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. If you'd like to get in touch for a reading with Ambi, an EFT session with Alexa, or just to say what up, we would love to hear from each and every one of you. And you can email us at innerbloompodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at innerbloompodcast. Until next time, remember, open your heart to the seeds of love and light and bloom from within.